Bring your Bibles to John chapter 15 tonight, page 1136. Let's get in the Word of God. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for enjoying the day with us. And Lion, this has been a special day. And uh, it'll, be, it'll be a special day this evening. Amen. And uh, we're, we're just thrilled with that. All right. John chapter number 15, verse number 1. If you find your place, let's stand together and we'll read about five verses here. All right. The Bible says, I am the vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. Verse 5, let's read it together. Ready? I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do some things. Well, uh, most things. A few things. Well, we can do a little thing. All right. Praise God. For without me, you can do nothing. Scott Settlemyer leads to the throne of grace. Yes. Amen. You'll be seated. By the way, Scott had a birthday Friday. Amen. He got older. And not only him, but Joey had a birthday, and Dwayne Reese had a birthday. Fellas, you want to stand up to how old you are? Amen. <laughs> one, of the great, one of the great privileges that I have in studying a message is just looking into things and as I was doing this, I, I ran across, there is a, a vine, it's 240 years old, growing in Hampton Court in London, England. It is one of the oldest and largest living vines in the world with a root, a root, two feet in diameter. Planted in 1768 by Lancelot Brown, the vine was intended for royalty. And despite its age, this vine still produces 500 to 700 bunches of grapes per year. As a matter of fact, it's in 1798, it produced 1,800 bunches. In 1807, 2,245. There is a vine, and Dean brought me this. It's called the mother vine. It's in Roanoke, 
Island, North Carolina. And it covers half an acre. This vine is estimated to be over 600 years old and still producing. There is a common thread that runs through every vine, and that is it. All the life of the branches runs through the vine. Without that vine, there is no branches, there is no strength, and there is no fruit. The Lord used many analogies whenever He wanted us to help us to understand. He said, I'm the bread of life. Amen. Isn't that good? He said, I'm the good shepherd. Praise the Lord for that. He said, I'm the light of the world. My, our world gets darker and darker and darker. My, what a blessing it is to know He is the light of this world. But in chapter 14, as the Lord was leaving the Garden of Gethsemane, and uh, many, many writers believe that He would have perhaps went by a vineyard and reached up and pulled off a branch and looked at those disciples and said, let me tell you the secret of the vine. With the help of God, I just want to preach on the secret of the vine. He may have held up that branch and said, I want you to know there is a secret to this thing. And tonight, if you and I, as born-again believers, if you and I can grasp this truth, it literally can be life-changing to everyone that's here. I like it. When the Lord come here, uh, first of all, He said, let me show you the purpose of the vine. Of course, the vine is Jesus, amen? Now, he said, I'm not a vine. I'm not the vine. He said, I'm the true vine. Now, when he made the statement, I'm the true vine, he's not talking about the fact that there may be a false vine. That word true has the ideal of being an original, authentic. Has the ideal, I'm not a copy. I'm not a branch of some... He said, I am the original. Uh, this, this vine is over 600 years old. Amen. But can I just say, it's not the original. The original was Jesus. He said, I am the true vine. Has the idea of what the missionary said the other Sunday? He said, this is a real deal. Jesus is saying, I'm the real deal. And this vine... He's talking about saying, I'm the original. Even in the Old Testament, in Isaiah chapter number 5, he said, Now I will sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill, and he fenced and gathered out the stones thereof, and planted with the choicest vine and a winepress therein. He looked that he should bring forth grapes, and he brought forth wild grapes. And now, inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, I pray you, betwixt me and my vineyard, what could have done more to my vineyard that I've not done in it? Wherefore, when I looked, that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes. He used this same analogy. I, I see three things in this story, even in Isaiah. I love this. God hears doing the planting and doing the tilling. I love that. He, he's, and He's doing everything possible. 
Don't miss this, church. God has given every one of us what we need to survive in 2015. Are you listening? I understand. I I hear this. uh, People tell me, because I don't watch news much. I watch very little news. It's depressing. Amen. If I want to get depressed, I'll just watch the evening news. Uh, But but when I do watch it, I'm reminded of something. Praise God, they ain't in charge. Amen. They're not in charge of this thing. I know who is in charge. And I want you to know, if he's the vine, he'll take care of it. Number two, don't, don't, don't miss this. He comes in and in, he says, and I take those branches away. We don't like that idea, but he has the right to do so. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. As a matter of fact, he comes to Israel and he said, you know, I planted a fruit and, and I expected justice and righteousness, but all I got was bloodshed and distress. And then we find the same story told in Ezekiel. So God here is telling us this thing of, I am the true vine. He's talking about how he is that true vine. And Ezekiel, he goes into this same discussion. And, and so we find this all through the Bible. But what is the value of the vine? And as in Ezekiel 15.3, he says, Shall wood be taken thereof to do any work? Will men take a pen of it to hang any vessel thereon? Here's why he's just saying, he said, can you, can you take the work, the wood of a vine and make furniture? Can you make something to hang your clothes on? Twice he's just saying, oh no, you can't do nothing with it. You know why? Because the value of the vine is to bear fruit. That's what it's for. And that's why God put it there, to bear fruit. Now, the branches become the instrument of fruitfulness. Praise God, Jesus is the vine, but don't miss this. He gives us the privilege to be the branches. God's going to use your hands to hand out a gospel track. God's going to use your feet to go tell somebody about a Savior. God's going to use your mouth to help someone that knows not Jesus. God's going to use your feet, your body. We become the branches. And so, Jesus is the vine, you and I are the branches. Don't miss this. The branches only bear through the vine. The branches have their life from the vine. The branches are sustained by the vine, and the branches produce fruit through the vine. You're not going to do anything for the glory of God without Him. You're not going to do anything. I find this so often. People come and they say, well, you know, I I believe God for this. I, I, I believe God was going to do this. Truth of the matter is, He may very well be something you were going to do. And then when it failed, when it collapsed, our first inclination is to blame God. God said, you wasn't in the vine. You didn't ask me about it. You're doing it on your own. And so we find, John said 15 too, Every branch in me that bear not fruit, he taketh away. Now, the branches are subject to the vine dresser. Uh, my, My dad had a, 
had a um, grapevine in behind a house on a hill there. And in the fall of the year, he had these little cutters and, and uh, he would go out there and uh, when he'd start getting winter time and he would just start cutting that, tr- that vine, he would just start cutting away those branches. And uh, he'd say, I got to get them suckers off that branch. And one day I said, Dad, why, why do you call them suckers? He said, because they will suck the life from the vine that prevents the branches from producing the fruit that they could produce. By the way, when it comes time for grapes, his was always loaded. Sometimes God will take those branches away that are not productive. I didn't say you got, if you're saved, you're always saved. But sometimes God takes the branches away because you're not productive. So somebody else might be productive, alright? Now, we don't like pruning. Pruning hurts. Nobody likes pruning. But God said, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it. The word purgeth means to prune, means to, to cut out, means to remove. And if we are going to be a fruitful church, that it bring, bring forth more fruit. If it is in our heart, saw right by this church, and I believe it is, I believe that's proven, that we run buses, that we can reach these kids, and souls be saved, and praise God, God saved one last Sunday night, and amen, isn't that great? If God wants to do that, then what He's going to do, He's going to prune you. That means what you at one time was comfortable doing, there may come a day if you want to be more fruitful that you're not going to be comfortable doing. It might be that what you've done 10 years ago was all right, but you want to produce something for the glory of God. I, I, was, I, I was so... I'm, I'm so thankful. I could, I could just I have a shout fit that God still speaks to my heart. Because I'm telling you, I'm a mess most of the time, and I need something. And, uh, and I was reading something that I shared with several people in the church. I mean several. And, and I was reading it, and as I was reading it, my, how God helped me. Uh, it was about the will of God and making decisions and making choices. And in the last couple of weeks, I had met with a lot of people in our church about the will of God and what's right and, and, and helping them. And, and I was reading something, and, and first thing he said, what is the commanded right? You realize... Most of our choices as believers are not going to be between right and wrong. Most of them is going to be between right and right. What's good versus what's best. And I was just reading that and pondering it and praying about it and, and, and asking God, give me wisdom. And one of the things that dawned on me is this. 
Do you realize if you will do the commanded right, then God will help you to make the other rights. But if you're not going to do the commanded right, why should He help you with any of the other rights? Why should He answer you on anything? And I thought, man, that helped me. Now, that's what God does. We are branches that bears fruit. God says, okay, there's a branch, there's a person bearing fruit, but they got a bad habit. Someone takes that away. And sometimes that hurts. I'm reluctant, but could I share that testimony you shared with me? Are you sure? All right. Well, I have to put you on the spot. I should have asked you before you went in the whole crowd because you're not going to say, No, don't do it now! <laughs> I just love these people. I've never seen, you know, when people fit, they just fit. Amen. She was sharing me. She was in an awful accident. And I love this. She said, but I know, preacher, why I was there. She said, God asked me for something. And I was reluctant to give it up. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give it up. God asked me to do something, and I just wouldn't do it. And so he put me in a place where I did it. That's God pruning that's God pruning the vine to be more fruitful. You realize sometimes it's those things. And one of the things that we're seeing God even doing this bus ministry, we're watching as God is molding us all and pruning those things and, 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 and changing, pruning the vine that God says it's a barren fruit, but I want it to bear more fruit. And we're seeing God add more fruit. Guess what happens? As it bears more fruit, guess what God does? He keeps a pruning it. Every fall of the year, Dad would go out there and prune that grapevine. Every, every single fall, he would go do that. You know why? Because there's always those things comes in our life that God says, I need to cut away. We need to cut that out. You know, how many of you get a bad attitude sometimes? Go ahead and put your hand up. You know you do. Praise God. And sometimes God's got to say, Hold, I need to prune that. I need to, I need to prune that. Don't be looking around. You'll get me tickled. God said, I got to prune that because I want you to bear more fruit. Sunday school teacher, if God's using you to win those to, to Christ and souls are being saved, and some of our Sunday school classes are some of the greatest places where God is saving and has saved down through the years, God will prune you so you'll bear more fruit. Because that's the, that's the secret of the vine. Not only that, but we see the branches are pruned by the Word of God. By the Word of God. The Bible is very, very clear. He said, Now ye that are clean through the word which I've spoken unto you. Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharp and the two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of their joints and marrows, is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Don't miss this. The branches are always secondary to the fruit. 
You can be the most beautiful, both be the most beautiful branch. I mean, beautiful leaves. I mean, just wonderful and beautiful. But don't miss this. If you're a fruit tree and you don't bear fruit, being pretty don't get it done. Jesus one time came by. He was hungry. And he seen a fig tree and he went to get some figs off of it. Guess what? It was a pretty tree, but they wasn't no figs. You know what he done? He cursed the tree. And by the time they got done in the temple, it had dried up. They said, Lord, why'd you do that? He said, because it's not bearing fruit. He looked for something. I love this. I was reading and preparing this. When the vine dresser sees the leaves beautiful and full and, 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 and beautiful, he knows something. It's time to prune it. God's not interested in us being pretty. God's interested in us producing fruit. Amen? That's what God's interested in. Not only that, but we see the position uh, in the vine. What does it mean to abide? John 15, 4, to abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Did you get that? The branch cannot bear fruit of itself. You don't know how talented I am, Pastor. You don't know how super holy I am. Get the gold dust off my shoulders, off my wings. Don't you see the crown on my head? You don't understand how godly I am. If you was right from zero to ten, I'd be a twenty. What are you going to do with this? As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Solid Rock Baptist Church, they don't one of us can bear fruit within ourselves, except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. Abide means to remain, means to dwell, means to continue, means to endure. It has the ideal of Jesus being at home in your soul. Jesus is saying to us, make our home in Him, and He makes His home in us. Home's where your heart is. Home is a place that you long for when you're being gone. Home is where you, you can really be yourself. Home is a place of safety. Home's where you eat. Home is where the people you love the most are found or should be. Shouldn't we find safety in Christ? Shouldn't we be able to, to be ourselves with Him? Shouldn't we be at home with Jesus? Because if we're not, then we come to church, we're hypocritical. We're here one way and we're something different at home. Jesus ain't the center of your heart. He's certainly not ruling your life. The Bible says in Proverbs 18.10, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth in it and is safe. So what does it mean to abide? It means to dwell, means to continue. Notice where the ability is found. And it's a basic principle. I am the vine, you are the branches. And he that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For, watch that again, for with, together, for without me ye can do nothing. Acts 17, 28 said it this way, but the same thing. For in him, 
We live and move and have our being. We can do nothing to please God apart from being connected to Him. You know what bothers me as much as what's saddest thing in my own heart is this, is those that know nothing about abiding in Him. You know about Him, you know the terminology, but you don't know Him. No more than you would know someone on the street. And the Bible tells me, We can know Him. If we abide in Him, He abides in us. Now, John 15, 7, same chapter said this. If you abide in me, my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Now I'm going to read that again. But I'm going to read the last part. Ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. God said, you ask, and it'll be done. Right? How many things that's right? How many things that's wrong? It's wrong because you left out the first part. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, then God says, I'll give you a a blank check. God said, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Notice, God didn't say your opinion. God didn't say what you think. God said, my words abide in you. Here's your blank check. Ask what you will, and it'll be done. Because God knows if you abide in Him and His words abide in you, you know what it brings? It brings great contentment and great satisfaction. And you're not going to be too interested in asking for much of anything if you got Him. Isn't that amazing? What a truth. What a truth. What a truth. I see a purpose of the vine. I see the position in the vine. Then I see a portrait in the vine. What does remaining look like? He repeated that truth and he teaches it all through his passage. Five principles Jesus desires. John 15, 9. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. Number one. Five principles remain in that love. Part of this abiding is that we remain in that love. Number two, we regard His commandments. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I keep my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Let me give you the best illustration that I can give you of that. Is this. As I grew up, I long to please my father, my dad, my earthly dad. So if he give me a command to do, and I bet you I'd love to have a quarter for every cup of coffee I carried or every wrench I went to find. 
But I love doing that. He worked on no car, and I'd get up under there with him. He said, now, son, if you're cold, you're going to the house. I said, oh, no, no, I'm going to stay right here with you. I'd be freezing to death, and I'd be hoping. I hope he gets done in a hurry. It's cold out here. But if he wasn't going in, I wasn't going in. I mean, you know, I stayed right there. That's what he's saying here. The portrait in the vine is abiding me, and I abide in you. And it is regarding his commandments. He said, rejoice often in John 15 11. These things have I spoken to you, that your joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. One of the keys to you knowing if you are abiding in Christ and He abides in you, how's your joy level? How's your joy level? Is your joy hinging on the stuff that you get? How many of you ever bought a brand new vehicle and you was mad? I was excited! Till you got the first payment book. <laughs> then the joy level went Choo! down right there. How I many knows what I'm talking about? And that smell just kind of drifted away after a payment or two. I, I, I wish you could get this. I, it's nothing wrong with, with having new things. And I, I praise God. I do. I praise God for God blessing every person in our church. But don't put your joy there. Put your joy in Christ. Then if you get it, you're okay. If you don't get it, it's okay too. It's no, it just don't make a difference. Put your joy in Him and rejoice in Him. Number, number four, I think. Remember to love others. John 15, 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I loved you. And last of all, remember, realize we have a friend in Jesus. You're my friend's. If you do whatsoever, I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things have I heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. I want to leave you one final picture tonight, though. And it really is a wonderful portrait of, this, of the secret of the vine. I want you to go with me into a home that Jesus visited many times. He was not a stranger here. And he was in the house of Martha and Mary, two sisters. Both of these dear ladies loved Jesus. Let me stop right here and just say this. Don't you believe the hellish garbage of someone saying Jesus had an affair and all this kind of junk with these ladies. That, that's a bunch of garbage. These dear ladies loved Jesus and, they, and Jesus loved them. And he visited their home and he visited one day. And Martha, she says, well, I, I, I'm going to fix you supper. So she's busy, 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 busy. Mary's over here. Jesus is sitting there and she's, she's right here. And Mary says, Jesus, would you make her get off her behind? Come over here and help me. And Jesus said, Martha... 
Martha. Let me just stop and throw this out. When God says your name twice, y'all listen. <laughs> Martha, Martha, you're busy, 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 busy about a lot of things. I watch our bus ministries. I watch Patch Club. I watch our services. I watch choir and, and all the people that, that, that function in this church. I see us, everybody very busy, busy, busy. Martha, Martha, you're busy about a lot of things. But Mary had chosen the good part. And it's not going to be taken away from her because Mary's learning to abide. Now, don't boo out Martha. Praise God for people that serve and want to cook and people that serve. But don't miss this. The serving can never take place of abiding. It can never take place. The moment your Sunday school class moves into serving, you'll start looking around at what everybody else is doing. Why ain't they helping me? But if you're always over here and abiding, then the service becomes easy. I believe after a time, Mary got up and did go help her. But God, but Jesus didn't take away from her abiding. The secret of the vine for Solid Rock Baptist Church and for every one of you here tonight is this. Hook into the vine. Don't move from the vine. Stay with the vine. And let God, you be the conduit that God uses to bear fruit. We went visiting just the other week, and it was amazing. I never ceased to... It's happened time and time again. I made, I made a visit. I said to a young man, said, you know, Jesus Christ is said, no, I don't. And just Christ just wonderfully saved him. I was just a vine, just a branch. Next visit, same thing, just a branch. What's important is the fruit and that soul that comes to know Jesus Christ as Savior. That's what's important. But we got to be the branch, and we can't do it. You know... The branch, there's nothing in the branch. If the vine, God never commands any of us to be fruitful. God does not command us to be fruitful. God commands us to abide and He will be fruitful through us. The secret of the vine is getting hooked in. I tell you this, it's, it's been years now. Dad planted two or three rows of something. And uh, he's always planting something, wasn't he, Eddie? Anyhow, for some reason or another, we were supposed to hoe it. So we decided we'd hoe it. We went and dug up everything it was planted. And um, oh, was he upset. He was upset because there was nothing to grow because we we dug it up. 
And you know what? That's exactly what happens when we pull away from Christ. We're, we're on our own, and we just dry up, and you die. And the ministry dries up. And I, I, tell, I, I try to tell this to Sunday school class. I guess I've told Matthew this 50, 11 times. Tell Brother Ron. All of us, we all have to keep one thing in mind. Our relationship with God, our walk with God, is the most important thing we'll ever do. Because if not, if not, then you disconnect from the vine, and pretty soon you get dried up. A whole lot of God's people. I'll tell you one story. A young couple visited our church not, not very long ago. And I asked them. They come, and, and I missed a time or two, and I come and said, well, we sure missed you. And here's the statement they made. Well, we're trying to fit in. We're trying to find a place to fit in. I'm going to tell you what I told them. I said, that's a very dangerous place to be, my friend. Because the devil will have you crossing all over the country trying to find a place to, to fit in. Why don't you find somewhere, hook into the vine, and then let the vine decide where you go and what you be. And, uh, and I pray they'll do that. Amen. All right, let's all stand to our feet.